that yes. He also didn't like me because I wasn't good at his class because I didn't care. It was a very one-sided situation. <laughs> <laughs> Just say. <laughs> Hello. Hello. We made I, it. We made it at last. <laughs> oh my gosh. We've been trying for mm-hmm. so long to get this episode recorded and life has happened. Life has been a lot in the last couple mm-hmm. weeks. Mm-hmm. We've had acts of uh, gastrointestinal deviousness. <laughs> We've had acts of a vengeful god coming down upon my PC and <laughs> into my, oh my editing gosh. software. <laughs> Upload issues. We've had all kinds of things. We're here now. Yeah, we are here now and we did make it. I am feeling at about 60% my usual self. So it might be a lower key episode. I'm not sure. We'll see how it goes. Maybe once we get rolling, I'll be super into it. But if I'm not seeming like I'm at 100%, it's because I'm not. (laughs) Because my little one had gastro and then my eldest had gastro and then I had gastro. And so there's just been a lot of laundry being done in this house (laughs) and carpet cleaning. Oh, oh, yep. It's not been good, you guys. So um, that's why this episode is not coming out on Thursday, a little bit later than usual. I'm certain that you all understand and forgive us. And if not, that's that's on you. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, I just got to say February. February is a tough month. And for me, it's been uh, sort of mental health and difficult memories, which I won't go into right now. But um, yeah, February is a tough month. And so my my heart and compassion goes out to everybody who struggles during February or January or any of these times. Uh, So Mm. we are the Belladonna Watch Club. Come get cozy with us while we dig into iconic shows and movies that one of us has never seen before. I am Lisa. And I'm Jenny. (laughs) (laughs) And And we're out of practice. (laughs) Yes, we are. We are in the midst of season one of the Gilmore Girls. I've seen it. Jenny is the fresh eyes. Although I'm sure we've both watched this episode so many times now that the eyes aren't so fresh anymore. (laughs) (laughs) True. Yes. Uh, This week, we are digging into season one, episode 11, Paris is burning. So in this episode, we are back to Max. So there was no hint of Max in the previous episode with everything going on with Christmas. And surprise, here we are, full swing, date night, (laughs) at Max's house. And then there's Lorelai getting ready for yet another date with Max a little bit later on. And Max and Rory have this encounter at the house. It's extremely uncomfortable. But then they kind of start to talk about how they might be seeing one another outside of school. And they're trying to kind of reconcile that. And then Rory approaches Lorelai with that. And Lorelai freaks out. So it's parents' day at Chilton. Lorelai is panicking about Max, doesn't want to go does end up going, tries to break up with him, and ends up kissing him in the school. Paris sees this and tells everyone. Chaos ensues. Mm -hmm. So I know after last episode, you wanted something a little lighthearted, and (laughs) I don't think you got what you wanted very much, did you? Very much the opposite. (laughs) So I knew there would come a time where we'd reach an episode that I 
didn't enjoy. Mm. And this is that episode. And it's not that like parts of it I didn't enjoy. I didn't like the like the plot. Um, I had issues with some of the editing, the like camera choices, the script. Um, this was so weird. This whole episode is so weird. It, I, I just I want to get to the next one, but we need to talk about this one. Yes. Okay. So I'm so curious about all of the different bits. And so, okay. So we start off, <laughs> Lorelai and Rory, they're walking outside playing this <laughs> game where they have to name a disease of every letter of the alphabet to figure out who's <laughs> going to clean up the fridge, which I think is amazing. They're walking past this like field park area where there's a pet adoption drive. <laughs> yeah. What What was that? Is that a real thing? It's called like petfinder.org or something it is it a real adoption website because this seems very very legit I don't yeah get it. i don't know uh so they're there and i actually have a clip because i love this it's like right off the bat getting into the clips so they like lorelei wants this dog or she's enamored by this dog buttercup is a special dog mm -hmm. she is extremely skittish and tends to react badly toward blonde-haired females brunette males children of either sex, other animals, red clothing, cabbage, or anyone in a uniform. Hey, we just found the doggy version of you. <laughs> uh, so that was uh, an excellent script writing. <laughs> yes. I yes, do, indeed. I love that part very much. And <laughs> I have nothing to say about it other than it's awesome and I wanted to play the clip. That's all. <laughs> yes. We hear about Skippy Lorelai's hamster, which she abandoned at the pet store. <laughs> and she like stopped cleaning its cage and I just imagine exactly how they described it where she's like putting all these Kleenexes in it and the Kleenexes are just like rustling around because <laughs> there's a hamster <laughs> underneath <laughs> I could, I've had a lot of hamsters those were like our go-to pets when we were growing up uh, oh, really? so yeah that was very um, I, I could picture exactly how that would go <laughs> so I was like oh Skippy <laughs> but they do stink so I get that so then we move on Max and Lorelai on a date at Max's apartment. We get to see mm -hmm. the inside of Max's house. Very masculine. I, I love the exposed brick. I'm obsessed with that. Uh, lots of beautiful books on the wall. And he's made her dinner. But they're not at the dinner table. She's sitting on the counter eating out of like the Dutch oven. She's eating her dinner. And he's teasing her because he had set out this whole beautiful meal. And she didn't eat it. And then all of a sudden she's starving. And I love this. Because she's being just so unashamedly herself. She's like, why? Who cares? I'm hungry. I'm going to sit on the counter. I'm going to take the whole pot. You're going to put, like, you're going to scrape your plate into it. Mm -hmm. And then I'm mm -hmm. going to eat it. See, I hate this because to me, it is so just, it just feels like the weirdest kind of flirting of like, I, yeah, we're on a date, but I'm not going to eat dinner at the dinner table. I'm going to do it later. And... I'm not even going to show any kind of recognition that it's a bit strange. It, like, just eat at the table. You don't ju just eat what at the table. And to me, <laughs> well, then, I, then eat later. I don't know. It's just, it seems so, like, ignorant and incredibly childish. And she's very childish for the whole rest of this episode. Um, mm -hmm. And, like, I, I like Lorelai's quirks. She's very unusual, but this to me is just like really, really obnoxious. And I knew you were um, gonna say obnoxious. <laughs> it, yeah, it it just is. And like, 
I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, 12 year olds know how to sit at a table and just eat, whether you're hungry or not, take a couple of bites. And then if you're, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I find it very, very, very bizarre. And the fact that she just doesn't show any kind of recognition for it of like, yeah, it's, it's strange or like, okay, I'll just have a couple of sn- uh, snacks, but like now we're going to move on to something else. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'd be like, I don't know, if I was him, I'd be like, okay, I'll leave you in the kitchen now and I'm going to like go elsewhere. Let me know when you're done eating, you know? I don't, I don't know. He's okay with it. He doesn't really seem to care. He calls her out on it. He was like, excuse me, what happened? Like, yeah. what happened? There was candles. Yeah. There was nice utensils. There was like, yeah. yeah. But he doesn't seem to mind that much. No, it's just weird. And not, not in a cute way. I don't find it cute, basically. I didn't find it cute that she wanted the like whole plate scraped into the dish. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, now you're, you're taking it too far. Yeah. But I didn't care. Like, I just imagine it just, I don't know, maybe it just hit different after a couple sips of wine. And then she was like, ooh, I am hungry. Or maybe she was nervous <laughs> when she got there, like a little bit, you know, a little uncomfortable. We don't know if it's her first time at his apartment or not. Maybe she was just like, ah, out of my depth. And then eventually relaxed because the wine kicked in. And then she's like, oh, I am hungry. (laughs) I'm going to justify this for her. Okay. But can you justify the rest of it and the rest of her behavior for the rest of this scene? No. Oh my goodness. What happened? Okay, well, before we get to Lorelai's behavior, I really enjoyed Max's little explanation of how he knows how to make osobuco about the Italian grandmother upstairs. And he goes on and on about this, like, little old woman. And then <laughs> Lorelai's like, so, an ex-girlfriend taught you, huh? Mm-hmm. Really enjoyed that. <laughs> Lorelai goes over to the desk and, like, library area of Max's apartment. There are a stack of papers on his desk. And she, like, rifles through them, finds Rory, starts talking about how great it is, puts it on the top. Like, isn't she the one who said that, like, she didn't want there to be any weirdness about Rory being a student there? And then she's the one, like, rifling through all the papers and trying to, like, jokingly, but still awkwardly enough to, like, put an A on it. It's just, like, it's, that made me very uncomfortable. Yes, she shouldn't be anywhere near the students' papers or their work. Nope. Even if Rory's wasn't amongst them, she should not be anywhere near them. That is not her business. That is his work. Mm-hmm. And yeah, as as you've just said, she was the one who was so firm about that. Oh, it's not e- it's not even cute to joke about it of like, oh, well, maybe I'll just put an eight. No, girl, don't even touch them. Pretend they're yeah, not even there. It's uncomfortable. It's super uncomfortable. Yeah. And I like the way that Max was like, well, that'd be unfair for the other students' mothers who aren't here tonight. <laughs> and so he like kept it light, but was like, mm-mm-mm. They talk about the Proust book, which I, I don't see Lorelai actually ha- like sitting down and trying to read Proust in that moment. That was a weird choice because I don't imagine. Again, it feels like a weird kind of flirtation of like, okay, I'm going to be quirky and sort of take everything literally just to amuse you. But it's not funny right now. Like you, You've just done enough things in a row that are like unusual, but also kind of annoying. I don't understand what she's trying to do or what her flirtation behavior is. I don't get it. And then there's this part, which I found pretty icky, personally. I won't make the cheerleading squad. Mr. Medina, is this my extra credit work? Because Missy just had to take a test. 
Sorry to all our very. listeners for all the kissing sounds. <laughs> uh, very icky. Uh, he's an actual I'm, teacher. Like, I don't really love the idea of the, like, role play student moment for real mm-hmm. teachers. And he's not the one doing it. It's all on Lorelai. But if I was a teacher, I'd be like, stop. Stop right there. That's, ew. Like, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fully, fully that. agree. Um, after this, Lorelai comes home. And Rory sleeping on the couch, and she's like, it's one in the morning. And they just have this really sweet conversation, and this is such a nice moment. And every time I rewatched it, it put a smile on my face because, you know, Rory is talking to Lorelai about how happy she seems, and Lorelai is talking to Rory about, like, how many times did Dean call? And there's no tension about <laughs> the significant others, and there's no awkwardness about the significant others. And this is, like, one of the first times that they've both been in a similar place of, like, contentedness with one yeah. another in regards to their relationships. And yeah. it's just, like, really sweet and nice. <laughs> it's so nice and such a relief to know that they've left that behind that like any of the weirdness and and they can both they are allowing each other to enjoy themselves and be happy in their relationships and 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 not just not just be happy but also like share about it, you know, talk about it. Like I know you were out with Mr. Medina and I yeah. know the dean was calling. So let's both enjoy this together. And oh, it's such a relief, but it doesn't last long. No, it does not. So it cuts to the school. And there's a lot of quick scenes in this. I'm just going to quickly touch on this. So it cuts to the school. And we hear the the girls. So Paris, Madeline, and Louise talking about Mr. Medina and if he's dating anybody. And they're gushing over how cute. Well, Paris is not gushing. Paris does not gush. Madeline and Louise are gushing about him talking about passion and how he's like so attractive and, you know. Whoever's dating him is so lucky, blah, 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 blah. While Rory's listening, like, awkward. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then we hear that Paris's parents are getting divorced. That's mm. the second part of this. So there's this, like, huge divorce happening. It's all over the papers. Everybody's talking about it, and everybody knows about it. So that's what's happening at the school. I do want to say I totally relate to Madeline and Louise at this part. Because we've all had the teachers that we gushed over oh, in yeah. high school. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Absolutely. <laughs> and I was thinking back to the teacher, the one particular teacher that I gushed over in high school. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I I would be them 100% right now. <laughs> I may have Googled him recently to like see what's going on with him and like see what's going on because I was like do I even remember what he looks like was he even that attractive and obviously because he's a high school teacher all his stuff is like locked down like he's not on any socials or if he is it's like a different name yeah but there's one picture on google images and yes he is extremely attractive still (laughs) (laughs) oh I'm so glad oh he was I basically I I have a type Okay, so I married a man with brown hair and a beard who wore plaid. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and it started in high school, I suppose. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I realized uh, the other day I was watching uh, a movie that has a characterization of Shakespeare in it. Um, Well, it was like a docu-series thing. 
And I realized that my big high school teacher crush <laughs> yes. basically looks like Shakespeare. Wait, no you names. Just figured this out? Well, it oh I only just put it really together that yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think I knew this. Oh, and I must say, what didn't help my teacher crush was that at one of our school coffee houses, he sang a song by Coldplay called Green Eyes, and I have green eyes. And every song in the history of the songs that have ever been written are about blue eyes or brown eyes. Mm -hmm. And I have green eyes, and there's one song, and he sang it acoustic, alone, on the stage, to me, guaranteed. No, he didn't. He's not. He's <laughs> not going to get in trouble. He did not do that. But in my head... That yes, he also didn't like me because I wasn't good at his class because I didn't care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it was a very one sided situation. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> I remember this so clearly, and I was hoping you'd bring up that song because yeah, I remember. <laughs> and yes, your teacher crush looks 100% like Shakespeare, he could be his exact descendant, like he is. <laughs> He's getting closer lineage. and closer to Shakespeare. The further and further back his hairline goes, the more he's looking oh like the goodness. Shakespeare portraits. <laughs> Hi, teachers. Hey. <laughs> anyway. Oh, dear. So. Mr. Medina, in this scene, he opens this scene reciting a bit from Emily Dickinson. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm very pleased to hear from Emily Dickinson because she, I feel like she... Well, I don't know. I like Emily Dickinson stuff. Um, and at first I was wondering like, ooh, what's the reasoning behind choosing Emily Dickinson? Because I always feel like any piece of, of of literature that they bring up or poetry or something, there's, there's got to be a good reason for it. And so I was wondering, I was trying to find what's the link here. And I think it's, well, one, it suits his character very well, in this poem at least, and, and in a lot of Dickinson's things. She brings poetry and romance to very everyday type things. Um, so in, in this poem that he's reciting, it's um, it's just a, a moment of looking out the window um, on a winter's day, basically, sun coming down and, and romanticizing this moment, which I think fits very well with what Max has been doing for Lorelai. And now it's starting to happen, I think, for Rory as well, is hmm. just bringing in this kind of... I mean, he could just be just the teacher. He's the high school teacher. But he's really, really playing into Lorelai's poetry and romance and her just her feelings for romance and, and just getting sort of swept up and carried away. And I think that the choice of him reciting Dickinson, no wonder Rory's starting to like him. I think it's it, it's it sets this up quite well for her to start to like him and start to accept him because he's not, you know, Mr. Up There, fanciful, whatever. He's, he's, all right, he's got like a little wiggle way in. I, I think Rory would be a huge fan of Emily Dickinson. So I think he's excellent. I like that. <laughs> so then we're at Friday night dinner and Lorelai looks at Emily and is like, what's with the smile? That's the, you've got something on Lorelai smile. I know this smile. What is it? And Emily's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, by the way, did you hear about Parents' Day? Like, she fully has something that she knows Lorelai doesn't know. And then it's just like, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Lorelai. And then does it anyway. <laughs> mm -hmm. She's unusually Ridiculous. playful in this scene. It's very weird. I love um, Emily here. Yes, yes, me too. However, and before we actually get into, like, really into the scene, this okay. whole scene is so weirdly shot. 
It's so weird. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's really, really jerky and like jerky with the cuts, the amount of cuts that are made. And I think I think it's intended to sort of keep up the the pace and make a real kind of bop, 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 back and forth kind of a scene. But it's to me really, really distracting that I had to watch the scene over again to actually not be distracted and, and hear what was what they were talking about. Normally in the dinner scenes, we'll have like an establishing shot of all three of them at the table. And then if we're having, you know, two of them are are engaging in a something in a back and forth, we'll have both of them in one frame. Mm-hmm. And then we'll be like a close up and then we might have all three of them in a frame and it might switch around like that. But in this scene, we have one establishing shot coming from behind Emily and we can see all three of them at the table. But all the rest of them are just uh, one person in frame. We might have like the, sh- the back of someone's shoulder or the back of their head in the other ones. And it makes me wonder if this scene was shot uh, like twice or if, if they weren't all available. Oh, maybe. Uh, yeah, because we don't see a lot of all of them. No, no, like you're right. It's all just like dead on. Yeah. It's it's really, really, to me, it was really, really distracting and so jerky and uncomfortable. Um, so I just really question the choice of editing there or filming. I, I don't really know. Because we've never, it's never been like that before. Really, no, really no, it hasn't. You're and, right. And where is um, Richard? They don't actually mention where Richard is. He's not still at the hospital, true. is he? Because they said they were sending him home like the next day. Yeah. They were keeping him overnight for observation. And they usually mention when he's not around. So maybe something Mm -hmm. just happened with the editing or something went wrong. And they Mm -hmm. were like, oh, do you know what it's like when something goes wrong with editing? I sure do. (laughs) Oh, my golly. (laughs) We love Jenny and all the hard work that she does. In case anybody wants to know, Jenny does all of the editing of our videos. So I I am very busy with two little children and Jenny has agreed to do the video editing so that we have a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I have the hours that I can, you know, devote to this. I I have that to spare, but I don't have the uh, network bandwidth that is is necessary. Um, And I also don't have the the greatest kind of equipment for um, things to run smoothly. So I'm kind of at the mercy of things totally out of my control. And when you're a control freak like me, it doesn't work so well. But anyway, yes, moving swiftly along, (laughs) Parents' Day. (laughs) So we find out in the Chilton newsletter, it's Parents' Day on Wednesday. And there's this back and forth about who's going to be going. Because at first, Lorelai's like, oh, Wednesday, I don't think I can make it. Emily is like, okay, I'll go. Like, she knew she was going to go. Like, she wanted to go. The second she read the newsletter, she's like... I'm a great. I would love for her to go. I want Emily to go to Parents' Day. That would have been so much fun. <laughs> yeah, it would have been a really different episode. I bet she probably yeah. wouldn't have made out with Max if Emily yeah, had been there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like Probably so. not. Other drama would have fully ensued. Mm-hmm. Maybe it would have been Emily and Headmaster Charleston. Who knows? <gasps> I'm spreading rumors. <laughs> so this is when things start to get out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> there's a back and forth. Obviously, the second that Emily says that she is going to go, Laura Lesick, whoa, 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 nope, I'll be there. Nope, my job. I'm the parent, not you. Back off. So mm-hmm. she ends up saying that she's going to go. And I have this clip. Like you said, Emily is extremely playful in this in this scene. And I love it. End of story. Okay. Fine. Fine. So did you read on page two about the mother-daughter talent show? (laughs) 
I love that she's she's almost like lazy with how she she she's they're eating some kind of salad thing and she just lazily plops her fork with the leaf into her mouth just like nom, nom, nom. <laughs> <laughs> she's so casual it's so yeah. funny yeah. and so here we get a glimpse of like how people can be her friend and how people can fall in love with her. Uh, you yeah. know, because a lot of that Emily that we've seen, it's the like domineering mother control freak. And you're like, how did anybody tolerate her at all ever? Good but then point. we get scenes like this where you're like, oh, okay. She can be <laughs> charming when she wants to be. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> she definitely has flair about her. And uh, yeah. yeah. So we cut to... Lorelai getting ready for a, another date with Max. And she's scrambling around the house. She has this amazing exchange with Rory where she's trying to find a hair clip, an orange suede hair clip, which I would love to actually have seen. In previous instances, it's been Lorelai being like, your chemistry book is here behind the desk. I know exactly what you're looking for. And now it's Rory being like, check here, check here, check here. And she finds it because Rory's like, mom, <laughs> I know, like, you're a hot mess at home. But I know where your staff is. (laughs) And she is. She's a hot mess at home and put together at work. And boy, is that relatable to me. (laughs) I've never said anything truer about myself. I mean, Lorelai in my life. (laughs) So they're getting ready. And Rory's panicking because she wants to leave because she does not want to be there when Max arrives, which is fair. They have an arrangement. Rory is not to answer the door. When a gentleman caller arrives for Lorelai. (laughs) (laughs) But Lorelai is scrambling and asking for Rory for help with a bunch of stuff. And Max arrives at 8 o'clock sharp. Mm -hmm. And the doorbell rings. And everybody freezes. And they panic. And I love the way that they do this. Lorelai and Rory have this, like, hurried, frantic exchange on, like, right on the other side of the door so max can hear <laughs> the whole thing <laughs> <He's> like, okay <laughs> you guys mm-hmm. i can hear you um i think this argument is dumb this whole argument drove me bonkers um it goes on a little too long no mm-hmm. it goes on way too long mm-hmm. um if rory is so concerned about you know, being there when he arrives just leave <laughs> let let your mom left. let your mom figure it out, Lorelai. I get your you know a space case. I get you're having a difficult, frantic time, but you, you've you've been with him for a while. If you show up at the door and you're not totally ready, just let him in. Let him yeah. in and be like, sit on the couch. I'll Oops, be down for. A I'm couple. not ready. I'll, I'll be down in a few minutes. I'm not quite ready. Like that's yeah. fine. It's okay. It and then even be. when they do let him in, Rory. And Max are by the front door. And it's still going. It's still... Go- Just leave! Go Just away! Leave. I don't know why she stayed. Like, she stays... She's and not only there. did she... Like, she sits in the living room with him. Like, why no. is she doing that? Like, why doesn't she just go? She's like, oh, Just let you in. Go. Have a seat in the living room. I've got plans. Bye. Yeah, they just e- extend stay. this awkwardness. And something mm-hmm. here, I feel like... Whoever wrote the script and the lines specifically for this scene, I feel like maybe they they hadn't written for Rory before. They had maybe written Lorelai's lines before. Because I feel like in this scene, 
Rory's lines don't feel like they're supposed to be coming from her. She's very much using, um, she very much has the, the, the pauses and the language and the sort of the sarcastic humor that we've seen from Lorelai. And they feel like they're Lorelai lines. Like she talks about, um, I can get you some water. Or we have water bottles. One water bottle. We should really get some water bottles. Like it's it's funny. They're funny lines, but they don't feel like Rory. And in this time that she's saying these lines that don't feel like they should be coming from her, she should just be gone. She should <laughs> so just I, be I, gone. I, she should just be gone. So I felt very, very uncomfortable from the previous scene of it being so jerky back and forth. And then this one, this argument drove me nuts because they're yelling at the start of this scene. Then it's going on longer. Then Rory's talking... In, I, just she doesn't sound like herself well she is extremely then, uncomfortable imagine your teacher showing up at your house because he's going sure. to oh sure 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 but, but <laughs> I <laughs> but it's not even that it's an uncomfortable thing it's it's that it feels like she's trying to play Lorelai like it feels like mm. the actress is trying to play Lorelai in this situation rather than Rory trying to find some words it just it, it felt oddly scripted and they made some weird choices there. And it continues being strange when Rory and Max move their conversation into the living room. And he comes up with this, just the weirdest suggestion to try to like so make weird. things easier and comfier for each other. Because obviously seeing each other outside of school, she's like, am I going to keep calling you Mr. Medina? Like, I, I don't know, should I call you Max? And he suggests that they make up new names for each other. It's so it's stupid. So stupid. It's completely unnecessary. Um, it's, yeah. Like, it's really childish. It's cute, maybe. but It's not like, cute. It, it's not. <laughs> it's not. I don't get it. It's just such a weird, such a weird choice. Such a weird scene. He, he's gone from being sort of amusingly awkward to just flat out awkward. And he doesn't yeah. get much better by the end of, the, of this episode. And I don't love how, like, forward and presumptuous he is saying to Rory, like, if everything goes the way that I hope it's going, we're going to see more of each other. Like, it's not up to him to be saying that kind of stuff to her. It's up to Lorelai to say, hey, I think things are going well with Max and I'd like to see more of him with mm -hmm. you around. Like, that's, to me, overstepping. And I didn't yeah. like it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I didn't like it at all. Like, he's got so much confidence, and he just says what he thinks all the time in, like, a very arrogant kind of way. I find him mm -hmm. a little bit arrogant. So they, yeah, come to this conclusion. I don't think they actually plan to implement it, because they obviously don't as the episode continues. So that was just, like, just a weird suggestion. Mm. Um, but I, I do, do like, like that. that. Oh, are we about <laughs> to say the same Norman? thing? Norman? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all the names that Rory could could come up with to hypothetically call him um, she goes with Norman because she recently watched Psycho like yes <laughs> yes that feels like that feels like a Rory line that, that does like yeah absolutely so it's now the next day Suki is at Luke's and mm. in comes Jackson and they have this ridiculous exchange about squash blossoms and zucchini tushes <laughs> mm. Jackson is trying to convince Suki to put this new fruit on the or this new vegetable on the map <laughs> and that he genetically modified. I don't know what it is. It's just like a short zucchini, but it has like a dimple in it 
so it looks like a butt. I don't know. <laughs> I was hoping so you think- would know because you're the foodie person. I don't I have no idea. Oh, no. It's literally just a short squat zucchini because they don't mention that he crossbred it with another vegetable, I don't think. I think he's just made it short and it has a butt. <laughs> so he doesn't want to give her the blossoms. He wants her to have zucchini tushes. And in comes Lorelai with this rusty old pair of skates that she found in the drawer with the roasting pans because they're going skating. <laughs> and Luke immediately bursts out laughing. I loved this. This was like genuine amusement from from Luke. We've not seen him laugh like that, I don't think, no. up to this point. <laughs> No. And I think he was just like the idea of like Lorelai on skates just like sent him. <laughs> he just couldn't <laughs> handle it. And then he offers to sharpen and tighten her skates for her. And Suki mm-hmm. like calls her like the whole situation out. She's like, wow, you get really good service here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> Luke, honestly, Luke turns on a dime as as soon as he kind of realizes that no, she's seriously gonna try and go skating with those rusty things he goes from like ah ha, ha, how silly to like dad mode no i'm gonna fix the skates i need to sharpen those you're gonna give them to me give them to me now like yep. <laughs> it's not funny anymore it's just it's like i need to fix these up you're gonna kill yourself <laughs> that's it he's mr safety right we learned in the last episode when <laughs> yeah. he was driving he can't have lorelei getting being on dull rusty skates and smashing mm-hmm. her face <laughs> Can't happen. Mm-hmm. Rory comes in. Did she, was she already there? No, she came in. She she was there at the start. Um, oh, okay. I just didn't know. Suki and uh, Jackson come in. Can I, okay, can I just point out again? So we've had at least two two scenes already so far where people have been shouting or yelling, arguing. Mm-hmm. This scene as well opens with Suki and Jackson coming in, arguing and shouting again. There's more. They changes. I mean, they're, they're, yeah. <laughs> That's their so thing. this, <laughs> um, it's such a relief when Luke is finally laughing and Luke changes the like the, the energy of the scene to something funny, and then it's sweet. Okay, we're slowly moving along, and Rory again changes the energy of the scene by talking pleasantly about their skating plans. And hey, maybe we should invite Max. Maybe yeah, and she's okay, so. Okay excited about the idea like she seems genuinely pumped to get to know Mm -hmm. him and to have him along for the ride and as soon as she says max you see lorelei like shift you could just see it all over her face she is panicking she's gone into full flight mode and the more rory is talking the about yeah i mean if you're going to be seeing him you guys seem really good together is like of all the guys you've had around this is the one that i think you know fits the most for you know yeah. us and she's into it she's on board she likes him he's academic he's witty he you know like he has a lot to offer both of them in terms yeah. of a presence you know and that is too much for lorelei to handle so mm-hmm. she, they kind of end the conversation. It doesn't really go anywhere other than like, oh, I don't think Max skates. Yeah, we'll think of something else. I love other things. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. But you'd think that Rory would be picking up on the vibe. And so, yeah, Lorelai is spiraling. We get to post, <laughs> post skating, which I forgot from one scene to the next because I was so focused on like Lorelai 
freaking out about Max that I forgot like what the plan had actually been. So we get to the next scene and Lorelai's wearing like these pom-poms and just ridiculous outfit. And I'm like, what is she wearing? What? What is happening right now? Like, is this just, why does she look like Britney Spears? Like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, that's who she looks like with the little yes, fuzzy pom-poms. Baby, one more that's time. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. Oh, man. And Suki is there. And helping her mend her feet because apparently skating is not like riding a bicycle. You can't just pick it up again. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they start talking about how Max might not be the one for Lorelai. And Suki's like, what are you talking about? You see him all the time. You spend every waking moment with him. You're obsessed with him. Wait, how long have you been dating? Oh, two months? Okay, right on schedule. And so she's mm-hmm. calling out Lorelai's pattern of cutting and running at the two-month mark. She's trying to say, like, no, Rory's getting attached, and I can't hurt Rory, and this is... And Suki's like, no, 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 Lorelai's getting attached. You can't hurt Lorelai. Lorelai's not seeing it. She's not budging. Zero (laughs) self-awareness. She's fully committed to using Rory as a scapegoat in this situation. That's it. Yeah, this is the start. She'll do this a few other... A few other times in this oh, yes. episode where Rory comes to the middle of it. It's got nothing to do with Rory. It's got minimal to do with Rory. But she insists. Yes. She does insist. And Zuki is standing her ground. And I have this amazing clip of Zuki. Being practical. Rory is starting to get attached to Max. And that's not good. Oh, Rory's getting attached to Max? Yes. And since I've decided that Max is probably not the guy for me, I think it's better that we break it off before she gets hurt. Practical. Yes. Uh, can I say something here? Of course you can. Cha-cha-cha. Stop that. Living la vida loca. Suki. Shake a bomb bomb, shake a bomb bomb. Hey. Bring us back to 2000, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. And I like that she's calling her out. She's still making it fun she's not like mm-hmm. you're being an idiot you know like she's being playful and funny yeah. and yeah if, eventually um the way this this scene started mm. i also had troubles with as i've mentioned we've had a number of scenes with arguing and shouting in them this scene opens with a kettle screeching oh, no. that, like the first sound is a kettle just Wee! and like oh okay we're still unsettled all right and I think at the start, this this is how I took it. I, I feel like Suki's just a little bit callous in when she points out Lorelai's pattern. Because if you are noticing your best friend getting to the point where they're, you know, something you've seen happen time and time again, but it's the at the point where she's not feeling so good about her relationship anymore. Wouldn't you want to handle that a little bit more delicately instead of like, oh yeah, here we go again. You do this with every guy. I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't feel like it's a very Suki type thing to do. She does turn around and as soon as she's talking, as soon as she starts talking about the Ricky Martin and starts singing, then it feels like she's back again. But I don't know. I just, I feel like she's just like a little bit too, a little bit cold. I don't and, think it's their it, first time having this conversation. Oh so. no, definitely not. But this is, I think it's the first time about, about Max. Yeah, yeah, about Max. Yeah. And so I think because she does Maybe say that's just their friendship. I think that it's just their friendship. I think they're direct with one another. Yeah. 
And the fact that she's like, yeah, you usually don't get this defensive when we have the cha-cha talk. <laughs> like, I think it's mm-hmm. something that's like to be expected from Suki to be like, hey, hey, focus. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is what's yeah, going on true. right now. And then Lorelai goes for the jugular. Lorelai is so harsh. And I know that she's just like, and even Suki knows. Everybody, everybody knows that she's just lashing out at Suki because she's defensive and she wants to change the subject. But she goes like, what, since when are you a relationship expert? You haven't been in a relationship in years. And it's Mm -hmm. so cruel and mean. And it's something that like you might think, but she just goes for it and says it. She catches herself immediately though. Yeah. And it's like, I think she says it before she realizes what she's said before she even realizes what she means or what she's saying. It just comes, it comes out like that. And I, I really do like that they have her immediately recognize it, apologize it and, and, and see like, okay, no, no, no. I know how this, I know how this just landed on you. Please forgive me straight away. And, and like, I was a little bit surprised at how hurt Suki was like in instantly. Um, But maybe that's, me not realizing just how much what well, I, I, I don't know we haven't really heard suki talk about relationships or romance no, or anything it. and it's it's totally fair to to believe and to to you know accept that that maybe it is something that she takes to heart and maybe she maybe she has been unhappy in love or maybe she hasn't you know had successes or or whatever yeah. we or don't know that lonely, that's an know? issue or lonely or anything yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and then she lays it out for us and saying you know I work hard a lot. I I'm really busy and I have all of these things and we get we like we we get it now. But up to that point I didn't realize that it was that it actually was a problem, but clearly clearly Lorelai did know and she did for sure. Yeah. That's you know. That's why she knew to apologize immediately because she was like, yeah. "Oops." Like if she had been I think intentionally single the whole time, I think it would have landed differently. Yeah. You know? Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. When Suki is explaining all of the reasons that she doesn't have time. She's like, I'm, I'm at the inn or the market or the hospital. I was like, the hospital? Why are you like, then I forgot because she's so clumsy. <laughs> she's <laughs> always at the hospital. Because <laughs> I, I was like, what that. are you <laughs> like, you spare time? What are you doing? <laughs> I was, and then, like, it took me a second. I was like, do you have parents? Like, in, are you caring for your like elderly parents? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, it's because you're Suki. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Bags of drugs. <laughs> hospital time. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Understood. And so they they reconcile by Lorelai mm-hmm. offering to let her sing more. Ricky Martin at her is very kind and everybody's happy again. And there's a very quick scene at Chilton immediately after this mm-hmm. where we hear, first of all, Tristan talking more about Paris's parents' divorce. Uh, about how he, I heard he has a second family in Paris. Like, no, you didn't. That's so mean. So mean. Um, clearly, it's now it's now completely around the school. It's getting out of hand. We're now getting extra lies and tidbits added to the story. So it's it's a mess right now. Yeah, poor Paris. <laughs> Max, Mr. Medina, pops out of the classroom into the hallway, and you can tell that he wants to talk to Rory about Lorelai, and then he doesn't know how, but like bro, don't. They're at school. You're in the hallway. At least call her into the classroom. Like, <laughs> hey, Rory, can you come in here for a second? Like, you're in the yeah. hall, dude. And he's trying to find out if Lorelai is coming to Teacher's Day. 
because he hasn't heard from her in a while. And mm. he's starting to feel that she's pumping the brakes on him a bit. And Rory's not really picking up on the signals. He's like, oh, um, I just I just wanted to say that. She's like, my, my name? And she thought that he was serious about the cookie sign-up sheet. Like, <laughs> she's like, put us down for four cookies. And I thought that was a little... She's usually more observant, I think, than that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like that was her uh, getting to his level and, like, keeping the... Try, tr- attempting okay. to reassemble reassemble the cover. The, the, I see. Because he has de- demonstrates in this scene that he is incapable of covering, of being discreet, of pretending, or, like, playing the part of, like... Like, dude... How has this already been going for like a couple of months and you've managed to sort of keep up the, you know, I'm teacher. I don't, I only know Rory as a, as a student. And now he's like, as soon as he has to try, he is not able to cover it up or, or, you know, play, play the part. Like until now, there's been really no need to involve her because Mm -hmm. everything's been going smoothly. And now that it's a bit rocky and he's confused. He wants a little bit of insight. And he's second-guessing himself. You see him being like, uh, no, nothing, no. Ooh, yeah. but <laughs> you know yeah. that he knows it's inappropriate, but he just can't help himself. He is under her spell, <laughs> and he's confused <laughs> and left in the dark. And it was 2000, so texting was not really a thing, or if it was, she's not answering. He's freaking out. And so he takes the big, bold step of asking Rory, which – does not go over very well in the next scene when Rory and Lorelai are talking at the dinner table about Parents' Day the next day. Mm-hmm. So Lorelai is trying to get out of going to Parents' Day because she's uncomfortable. Like, she's so transparent. And everybody knows how transparent she is except her. And even when people tell her that she's being transparent, she doesn't listen. <laughs> so they're at the table and she wants Rory to give the Proust book back to Max at Parents' Day because she can't go to Parents' Day. Rory's like, what are you talking about? Like, why? And so Lorelai's trying to say, no, 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 just give the book back. And Rory's like, well, you're going to see him again next time. Like, I might not. And then Rory starts piecing it together. Like, are you breaking up with him? Wait, is that why you're not coming to Parents' Day? And I have a clip and I love it. Again, people calling Lorelai out on her stuff. So that's why you're not going tomorrow. No, I'm not going tomorrow because of the thing at the inn. That's crap, and you know it. Hey, there is no thing at the inn. You're avoiding Mr. Medina, and you're trying to lie to me, and you promised you would go, and hey, do whatever you want. I don't care. Just leave me out of it, and give him the book back yourself. Yes. 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 Golf clap for Rory. Absolutely. Absolutely. She's she has finally said... What we've all been thinking, which is leave me out of it. Um, yeah. And this actually, I, 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 I think it's important here to mention paralleling a little bit uh, with what's going on with Paris. So mm-hmm. most of what Rory's talking about in this scene is what's going on at school with Paris and how that's sort of affecting her. And because as far as Lorelai knows, Paris is just the girl she hates. You know, she's she's a bully. She's making life difficult for Rory. Blah, blah, blah. I think it's great. She has her little sarcastic line of like, oh, you mean your very best friend in the world? Hey. I love that. But Rory here is demonstrating her ability to empathize and this kind of this understanding for her 
this girl who's been horrible to her because of her parents' issue. So Paris's parents, it's not just a divorce. It's a big, messy divorce. Public And divorce. because it's public, yes. And it's going all through the school, which it shouldn't do. It shouldn't concern Paris at all. Um, yeah. When she's at school, she should be able to escape from it, not have to continue living through it. Exactly. Exactly. And and at the top of the scene, we have Rory even says, I do feel bad for, for her. Yeah. Like even this person who's been horrible to me from the very start, I feel bad for her. I can recognize how awful that feels. And then, yeah. And then we get this line of leave me out of it, which I really, I, I imagine Paris wants to be saying to her parents, like, you guys Absolutely. sort this out. This is your issue. This is all, but leave me out of it. Don't even... Just don't bring it into my world. But she can't do that. Obviously not. Yeah. Because um, it's in the papers. And all the kids are talking about it. And these rich kids, the, all of their families are so deeply intertwined that everybody knows mm -hmm. everybody's business. And everybody makes everybody's business their own as well. And so, like, you know, Tristan talking about it and knowing all about it and making stuff up about it just feels par for the course. It just, it's like, oh, Paris. you know, tabloid magazines and celebrities and all of that just at a, a smaller scale. And yet again, so in this it's another mm -hmm. arguing scene. People are mm -hmm. arguing again and shouting and arguing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> there were so many references in this scene that I also didn't understand and I didn't write any of them down, but there were a lot. I rewatched it and every time I watched it, I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> So that was definitely something to note where like an age gap, knowledge gap for me in terms of when it came out versus how old I was. They were talking about the divorce, saying that it's not the Rick James incident, but Hugh Grant should be feeling pretty good about himself. So I'm assuming those are two very messy divorce situations that I now really want to look. I know Hugh Grant. I, I recognize that hearing about that but rick james i have no idea if somebody wants to tell us in the comments please do save me a little bit of googling i know who rick james um, is but i don't know anything about a not a clue apparently it's worse than paris's parents divorce so mm -hmm. <laughs> really really juicy whatever that was rory also mentions how the dynamic at school is changing for her with Paris's parents' divorce, that Madeline Louise said hi to her in like a genuine way and not a weird, creepy, sarcastic, scary way, which ultimately I'm sure Paris cannot stand for either. Mm -hmm. And we know that Paris is going to do everything that she can to bring that back to normalcy. Mm -hmm. So they fight and Rory storms off. Ultimately, Lorelai does end up going to Parents' Day, as we all know. So they go to Parents' Day, and it first starts out with <laughs> Lorelai being like, do you still like me? And Rory goes, you bug me, <laughs> which I really enjoyed. And then we see Paris's mom at Parents' Day, and she's horrible. She's mm -hmm. awful. She will not stay. Why did she even go? Why did she show up to bring Paris to her locker, berate her, and leave? And like, two her credit, I understand. She says, I don't want to be here with a bunch of bored parents who have nothing better to do than talk about me. I get that. Everybody's already talking about her. And the last thing I would want to do in a situation like this is show my face in in that. But why even show up at all? Exactly. Then don't go. People are going to be talking yeah. about you if you show up or if you don't. So how about don't? Don't. <laughs> That's it. She's asking if Paris is using the cleanser and the cover stick that she bought her. Like, Paris's skin is flawless. 
Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> She's just awful. Like, so you feel for Paris on so many levels. Not only is she like being publicly humiliated, but she's not getting the like connection and affection and parenting that she needs to support her through this very trying time. Like she wants to show her classmates like she's not a broken family. She doesn't have a broken home. Like she and her parents just can't do that for her. It was so hard to watch that exchange. Then Lorelai says, bet I'm looking pretty good to you right now, huh? <laughs> to Rory. She's like, very. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so, of course, very first class is English lit. <laughs> of course Mr. it Medina, is. Mr. Mm -hmm. Medina. And he does this little speech about how normally he'd pull out his copy of Proust and say something or read a challenging passage and everyone would be impressed. And Lorelai standing there with the book like, awkward everybody leaves and Lorelai tries to like give him the book back and he is not having it at all he's like you're trying to do something I don't know what you're trying to do spit it out like you're dancing around this like why haven't you called what's been going on and he's so direct all the time yep. <laughs> and like even like the very first thing he's like what's been going on Lorelai like he doesn't want to to beat around the bush at all Whereas she does very badly want <laughs> to beat mm -hmm. around the bush. And so he clues in after she's tried to give him the book like three times. <laughs> He's like, wait a minute. You're breaking up. Are you breaking up with me? And you're even doing like a really bad job. <laughs> 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 breaking up with me. They still bring humor into the tense moments anyway. Just need space. Well, I don't. In fact, I want as little space as possible. A hundred clowns crammed into a Volkswagen. That's the kind of non-space I'm talking about. <laughs> what a weird thing to say in a breakup. <laughs> I love it. Well, I, 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 I think he's trying to prevent it from becoming a breakup. You know, he's yes. trying to hold on as, as best he possibly can. It's so weird to me how quickly he goes from being teacher. So he's great at playing teacher. At the top of this scene, he's like, all right, I'm in teacher mode, even though there's all the parents and stuff. I, I can do it. When I need to be in teacher mode and pretend like there's nothing wrong, absolutely, I can do it. And then as soon as he picks up that, okay, she is trying to end this by giving, by returning my book, he is very immature. And he's sitting in the student's desk chair. We, we suddenly get a, a, they're not both standing um, on like, equal equal ground, he's now sitting down, and he's like he's le letting her. You be teacher. You tell me what's going on here. And she's like, ah. then they end up. Then she's sitting in the chair, and they're eye level again. And it's weird blocking in this scene of like standing and then sitting in chairs and then standing up again. And and they're so caught in their shouting and and arguing. And uh, Lorelai, I think, trying to joke says what are we in high school <laughs> he looks around yeah, he, like, like yes literally they are but also i was kind of shouting that at the tv as well like what are you guys teenagers are you mm. idiot teenagers shouting and having this argument in this totally inappropriate space and place such an inappropriate setting for this conversation oh my god and they're still yelling again i don't know what number this is but this is yet another scene with yowding, uh, yowding, ha! yowding, 
<laughs> with that's like with eating, sh- but like next level, <laughs> like youting it across <laughs> the football field. Yeah, they are youting at the top of it. Yeah, with a shouting and yelling, and I like I I could feel my shoulders were like tensed up watching this. They're like, stop yelling! This is awful. And I guess it's like, oh, the passion is building. The passion is building enough that like it's an all-consuming kiss. Oh, that's not where we were expecting it to go. Um, but I don't know. It that didn't feel deserved enough for me. I felt like someone was actually just going to storm out. I didn't see the passion building. Not in a kind of our lips are going to magnetize together. I I I was hoping and expecting that someone was just going to leave and leave. storm out. <laughs> It was just so uncomfortable and I hated it. <laughs> I I like how determined Max was. And again, he called her out on it too. He was like, stop blaming Rory. You True. don't want to yes. get hurt. So yeah. like yeah. he was, they were both being immature, but I feel like breakups always have bring out that yeah. side of people, no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he calls her out. He's like, this isn't about Rory. Stop blaming Rory. And he is trying to get to the bottom of it. He's trying to help her see. He's like, I'm not going to take this for what you say it is because I know that it's not. And she tries to tell him, like, you don't know everything about me. But she's so transparent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and he knows that everything was going so, so well. And then a few days pass. And then suddenly she's freaking out and trying to break up with him at his job in the middle of his day. <laughs> Which is so inappropriate. So inappropriate. Um, to be fair, I don't think she was fully trying to break up with him. I don't know. Because yeah. Rory does say, like, be nice with him. Mm-hmm. But I think she just wanted to give him the book back so that she didn't have a tie to him so that she could maybe break up with him later. That's what I think. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. I, I think she didn't actually plan to go and do the breakup in that moment. But then later Rory says, I thought you were breaking up with him. Yeah. So I don't know. It's not clear what her plan no. was. And so like this fighting and this buildup, there's a line in this, like a series of lines, and I forget how it goes, but you're right, again, with the script writing being weird and bad in this episode where they're talking about like, well, I didn't raise my hand, so don't call on me. Like that's such an awkward line. Mm-hmm. Like it was so awkward. And then they kiss like that. What is that? That was bad. That was not a good, build good line. It didn't work. It didn't work. No. no. So they're kissing, and who happens to walk by the window right at that moment but Paris Geller. And this scene just, you just feel it. It's awful. That feeling of everybody suddenly talking because she walks into the dining room. Also, why are they already eating lunch? Isn't it the first class? Are their classes <laughs> like three hours long? I don't that's weird. I, I just I just processed that weird timeline moment. Okay. Yes. So everybody's having fish and chips at 9:30 in the morning. <laughs> Paris with her ammunition now against Rory walks into the dining hall and starts not only whispering to everybody as she's passing through but walking with determination straight mm-hmm. to Rory mm-hmm. and that feeling of like Rory looking up and being like what's everybody talking about that like dread sinking feeling they did really well like it was horrible but they did it really really well because I was like horrified (laughs) 
you see this like impending rolling in, like the storm is rolling in as it's coming down the table towards Rory and you're just, oh God, oh God, here it comes. And boom. Um, and then Tristan and- comes over and does the like kissy oh! faces. Oh, God. he is awful. Why was he I'd even like, in this episode? Can we just not have him here? <laughs> we don't need to see him anymore. Like we need any more terrible in this episode. I wanted to throw up <laughs> watching this because it's just like that being a teenager and having the whole school talking about something. You're just like, you can never show your face again. And it's like worlds are ending. So watching Paris do that, it was just like, oh, God. So she's super uncomfortable, obviously, being like, what's happening? Paris tells her she just saw a parent kissing Mr. Medina that looked an awful lot like your mom. And right away, in comes Lorelai. And Rory, understandably furious, storms off. And they get into a fight in the stairwell. More shouting. More shouting. More shouting. More yelling. Now it's echoing. Because they're in the stairwell. (laughs) And everyone can hear it. And, oh, God, I just want them to talk. I just want them to be able to talk. I want anyone to be able to have a conversation in this episode and just talk and not have to yell it. And there's so much more yelling. There's all three clips that I have. The next three clips are people yelling. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. But that's because it's like the whole episode. (laughs) It is. It literally is. And so they're arguing in the stairwell. And... Immediately, she's like, were you kissing him? And, and Lorelai goes, what? Were you kissing Mr. Medina? And she's like, yes. I like that she didn't try to lie or, like, talk her way out of it. The fact that she was like, what? Right away? Like, you could have answered immediately, but I know she's trying to, like, process. She's like, how did you know that? It was, like, five seconds ago. And, again, Rory is calling her out on her BS. So it's her mm-hmm. rules that she's made to protect Rory. And Rory's like, hey, I don't need those rules. I don't need them anymore. I'm a teenager. I can handle it. If you like him that much, I can handle him being in our lives. Like, it's okay. It's you freaking out, not me. Stop blaming me. Leave me out of it. Again, mm-hmm. and don't come to my school and humiliate me in front of everybody. Like, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with her? Lorelai so, just seems so intent on talking about her rules and the rules she made up. My rules are the reason we're doing so good in our lives. And it's because of my rules. Like, this is not about your rules right now. This is about something you have decided to do. You made a bad choice uh, or you made a bad decision. So much talking about the rules as if like, are, are, are they the reason why they're doing so well? Is it because of her rules? Or is I would it- say to to a degree, maybe not the whole reason, but I would say that instability with men in and out of the house, different men throughout the course mm-hmm. of Rory's childhood, I think would have probably impacted her in a different way and might have been a distraction for Lorelai in her job and her work. And so I think having kept her dating life very, very apart and very minimal, I think probably kept them on track to where they are today but everything in life should be evolving and ever-changing and this is it Rory is not a child anymore yeah she says as much I'm not a kid anymore and I think the takeaway from this is that like okay well we need to yeah evolve we should create some new rules and I don't think it should just be up to Lorelai but Lorelai takes that on as if it's like okay well I'll 
I'll do this. I'll create some new rules and I'll create the new the new system. How about maybe take your almost adult daughter into account? How about, yeah. how about let her have some input? That's it. Um, and it's understandable to not let a six-year-old have input, yeah. but they have built their relationship on trust and allegedly communication, although we haven't seen a ton of that in this in the series. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you'd think that they have like a generally open dialogue about these things. And so I think it was the very first episode, or maybe the second, where Lorelai says, this is usually a democracy. So why doesn't that apply across the board? And so the fact that Rory is saying, I'm okay, I will be okay, let's change the rules. And she's still just like, no, 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 no. Not listening to any of this. Fingers in your ears. And then off they go to the next class. <laughs> Oof, more fighting ensues. So they get to Friday night dinner. Door flings open. Immediately, Emily is like, Rory. Go upstairs, please. Go upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote down, Emily is pissed. Oh my God, she's so mad. She comes down on Lorelai immediately because Lorelai's like, oh, what, am I in trouble? And like, obviously you're in trouble. Obviously you are. <laughs> It's not even funny. You have no shame. Is that intended as a rhetorical question or? Rory goes to school in that place. She has a reputation to protect. You're her mother. How did you? You're supposed to shield her from shame, not cause it. I am so on the same page as Emily this whole scene. I'm not Mm -hmm. very often on the same page as Emily, but in this situation, it's mortifying. Mortifying Mm -hmm. to have your mother be the cause of something like that. Oh, totally. I like that we get this scene because Emily is someone who is invested in everyone's reputation, but she's not directly involved. And so it's almost like us, the audience, we've had our impressions of Rory's side and Lorelai's side and is this right or wrong and do we like her with Max and blah, blah, blah. Emily doesn't know about Max. She has absolutely no idea about it. So she is coming at it from just what it looks like what the situation is down on paper and taking into account and respecting their reputations and what it means on the grand scheme. Totally setting aside Lorelai's romantic feelings and how she feels in her heart and blah. We we know that she thinks he's really, really sweet and she's been really smiley and flirty and fun about it. But I'm not sure if we really know yet just how much he's affected her deep down, like in her heart. Mm -hmm. Um, and so far in this episode, she's expressed her doubts and like, okay, maybe it's not the right thing. And she's sort of being a bit cerebral with like, how is this going to affect Rory? And, and like, oh, this was a a bad idea to start with. But in this scene, she gets tearful when she talks Mm -hmm. about him. And that comes as a surprise to me, but maybe it comes as a surprise to her too. Of Like, this is how much I, how, how much I, I feel about him. But anyway, that's a little bit later in the scene. But but Emily, Emily puts it puts it as it is. You are kissing a teacher in a classroom on Parents' Day. This is the problem. That exactly what she's just stated yes. is the problem. And I um, like what you said just now about how she's coming at it with like no no context for how the kiss happened, why the kiss happened, because that's how it's going to be for literally everybody else in the, in the school. So. Every other parent and student are sitting around the dinner table having that exact conversation without knowing 
that they're dating without knowing that they've been seeing one another. They have no concept. And so that's how Emily is, is bringing that angle to us as well. And she completely, she tears Lorelai a new one, completely like just gets after her for it. A mistake. A mistake. A mistake? Is that what you call it? A mistake? Well, I tried to call it Al, but it would only answer to mistake. A mistake is when you throw out your credit card bill. A mistake is when you forget to RSVP to a dinner party. A mistake is when the gardeners miss trash day and the barrels are full for a week. This, my girl, was not a mistake. Oh, mm-hmm. for Emily. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because again, it's not, yeah, it's not a mistake. It was a really bad decision. It was a yeah. It was a lapse of judgment. Choice. It wasn't a mistake, and I agree with everything that Emily has to say in this scene. And and she then goes into what do you even know this man? Yeah. And Lorelai tries to make a joke, and she's like, "This is not the time for your jokes." She's like, "I'm not it really having isn't. it." Lorelai is so then, unfunny in this scene. Where yeah. normally her her you know her little quips would be humorous. It's no. This is shouting at you time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This isn't time for funny. I want actual answers. Stop it. So as you were saying, then she starts to second guess herself and really dig deep. And it's kind of ironic that it takes her mom saying that he's just some guy Mm -hmm. to make her see that he's not some guy, that Mm -hmm. she actually does have deep feelings for him. And I don't know if she ever would have seen it had Emily not asked her about it. Yeah. Because Lorelai does and says and wants to do and say the exact opposite of everything Emily ever says. So if <laughs> Emily is like, well, you, it's not like you'd like marry the guy. then she's like, oh, I'm going to marry that guy. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. So it takes Emily minimizing the relationship for Lorelai to realize that she actually cares extremely deeply for Max. And yeah, she gets teary-eyed, as you said. And starts to, I think, second-guess herself. She was already second-guessing her actions, but her decision, sorry, to to break up with Max. I wonder if the if her conversation with Sookie is starting to come into her mind now as well. That Probably. Okay, yeah, we've reached the, the, the two-month point, and this is when I start to back away. Is it actually at the two-month point, this is when I will either catch feelings or not? The following day or maybe the following week I suppose because that was Friday night dinner so I guess we're on to Monday Rory is sitting again in the dining room and Paris Louise and Madeline walk by as their click again and they make a comment about you know like oh I wish my mom was dating the teacher it'd make midterms a lot easier and Rory doesn't shy away from it she immediately stands up and is like Paris we're gonna talk And I like she at the start of this scene, she does the same thing Emily did, which is like, okay, this concerns me in Paris or Emily. Mm. This concerns me and Lorelai. Rory, go upstairs, please. And Rory does the excuse us thing to um, mm-hmm. to the other two girls. Like, you are not involved with this for once. For once. Finally, we're getting the like, let's not involve people who don't need to be involved. Let's have this one on one. And like all of this is so considerate and so sympathetic of Rory. It is. Yeah. That like, we're about to talk about something. I don't need to embarrass her in front of her friends or have more things go around her so-called friends. This is about Paris. So we're going to talk about it one-on-one. It's so good. I really, really like this scene a lot. I love this scene because she 
again, she like lays it all out on the table. She's like, the school has been talking about you for weeks and your parents divorced for weeks. And then you go and you spread stories about other people's families. Like, you know what it feels like. And then you're going and you're doing it. And it's one thing if you don't like me, but what about Mr. Medina? And I wish I had actually grabbed this clip because the way that she says this is so pointed and accurate. And she doesn't try to make it to hurt her necessarily, but she's like, he likes you. He encourages you. He holds up your papers and tells the class how great you are. And then you go and spread stories about him. Just think about what you've done and what you're doing because now his job is on the line. That's it. What she's doing here is she finds Paris's conscience yeah, which I think is so often just like tucked and buried away. And I, I like that she that she brings Mr. Medina into it. It's not just like, look what you've done to me. You've humiliated me and my mom. Like, no, that's you know that's just me. That you're a bully and you're going to do that. But yeah, Mr. Medina, think about yeah, it. Yeah, because that's not just a, a high school a high school nemesis. That's a person's livelihood, a person's job. Like that's an person's like an entire career. And it's somebody that you like and respect and who likes and respects you, really, because you are a teenager battling your own demons and don't have an outlet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so she says, like, I was tired of the school talking about me all the time, and I just wanted them to be talking about somebody else. I don't know if that was a conscious decision at the time. You could just see it in her eyes. It was vengeance. She just wanted to hurt Rory. It had nothing to do with Mr. Medina. It had nothing to do with Lorelai. She wasn't even thinking about them. It was just about Rory. And maybe that like that lashing out is her wanting other people to talk about other things. But I don't think she like consciously at the moment was like, I'm gonna tell people so that people stop no. talking about me. But she was lashing out out of pain and targeting Rory because she always targets Rory. <laughs> then Rory offers to like be there for her. If she needs someone to talk to. Rory's too nice to Paris, for the record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, because she sees she sees and points out the pain that you just mentioned. That that for Paris it was coming from a place of of pain. And she can she sees that. I think she sees a person suffering and she does what she believes is the right thing, which is to be there for them, to be to lend an ear. And I love that by the end of this scene, even though Paris is still in her like contradictory and you know i i won't i won't want to talk to you and i won't come to you but uh, but i might but i won't i predict future friendship again i haven't seen the show i don't know but i feel like i can see a friendship between them or at least some kind of understanding and some kind of a being there for each other kind of a thing i think they're laying the groundwork for that here that's what i see i, I see so. that's my hope <laughs> I see. that's my hope this is another instance in the episode where I agree with the the bad script writing because that part they took too far. That I yes. won't, but I might, but I won't, but I won't. That was just like, okay, you say it once and that's yeah. enough. You don't yeah. need to say it three, four times. Like, yeah. Move on. Move along. <laughs> it's not funny. It's not funny when Family Guy does it. It's not funny when Gilmore Girls do it. Be funny with your content, please. <laughs> <laughs> so we get a very short cut over to the inn where yes. Jackson comes storming in with his squash blossoms. Yelling again! Like, He's yelling again! <laughs> about the squash blossoms. Like, 
fine, feed these to the desensitized masses. <laughs> He's just like so up in arms that she didn't want his zucchini tushes. And he got her the blossoms that she wants. And I have a clip here. Here we go. I am not going to profit off the death of creativity. I would rather starve myself than know that my food was paid for by the lowered expectations of the American public. Jackson? What? Would you like to go to dinner sometime? With me? Okay. Okay. And I love it. So this whole scene when he's like shouting at her about the squash blossom, she's looking at him with this expression that we've not seen on her face before. Mm -hmm. She's like doe-eyed. Hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yay. She knows Sophie what she's about to Jackson. do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yay, yay, yay. I feel two ways about this scene. Okay. I want to be so glad. I mean, I am so glad that she finally did it. That she just like found the gumption somewhere to actually do it. But I kind of wish it either happened in the next episode or if we had some kind of a something in between. Because the way it plays out from the last time we saw her, it almost feels like she's doing it. She's doing the asking out as a reaction to Lorelai's comment. Mm. Um, she might. Yeah, I think she is. I think she is. Which to me feels less empowering and less like a like it just feels less of a choice like a powerful choice that suki is i i like him and let's you know let's move this along for for my own sake and instead maybe it's a bit more the like oh she's right i haven't been in a relationship in a long time well he's here okay i'm going to prove to myself and prove to lorelei that i can ask him out and and it'll it'll work i i I don't feel super strongly either one way or the other, but I, I just kind of wish, I don't know, I kind of wish that the setup for that moment mm. was a little bit different, um, I but see. I am glad she did it very much. I, and I, I imagine it being more like she had been wanting to, had been interested, but was giving herself all the same excuses that she gave Lorelai and then wasn't doing it because she's too busy to date, because she doesn't have time, blah, blah, blah. And then after the conversation with Lorelai, was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. Mm -hmm. All those excuses. Be damned. Yeah. That's a much nicer way and a much stronger way of of, of building that up. Uh, yeah. I like that. I like that very much. So you were going to say something. You were saying, I like... Oh, yeah. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I froze it for a second. Um, no, I, <laughs> I like... Um, I like Melissa McCarthy's face in this a I lot. Know. I love, yeah, the, the, the looking at him, it's like, she's not taking in anything that he said. She's just so, so amused by him doing his typical antics. But then she has a slight alteration in her face when she's asking, would you like to go out to dinner? And then tiny, tiny shift with me. She just gets a that much more serious when it's with me. The uh, vulnerability like comes out a little bit yeah. in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just a tiny bit and it's oh it's that's where i'm really really impressed with the performances in this episode not everyone delivers 100 percent on their performances but i think she does definitely <laughs> yes and so that was just a short little clip in the in the episode it was so short and sweet but it was just some nice feel good before we move on to lorelei and max reuniting for the first time after the big situation at the school Lorelai starts explaining herself how she freaked out when Rory called him Max and Rory never calls anybody Max. She calls him earring guy or peg leg guy. And he's like, what, you date pirates? 
Like <laughs> <laughs> that was very good. Very yeah. good. She's approaching it with like reconciliation in mind because she realized how much she actually cares for him. Yeah, Surprise. actually this, this scene is interesting because they both arrive at this scene from a very different place as to how we left them both off. Um, mm-hmm. So since then, obviously, Lorelai has had her encounter with Emily and she's had her discoveries about her, her feelings and it sinking in and yeah, reconciliation, as you said. But obviously there must be something that has happened to max in this time like he's not going to be especially if it's all around the school and so far that the headmaster's wife is the one who told emily like it's everywhere so there's no way that he's gotten off scot free so something must have happened and they have so yeah they it's not even like they're meeting up where where they left off it's we don't lots of things have happened what he's going to come to it yeah Exactly. So he says that Headmaster Charleston pulled him into his office and told him that his career is on the line. The word probation was thrown around, although it doesn't sound like he's officially on probation. But that was enough of a reality check for him to be like, whoa, like this is dicey. I'm dating a Chilton mom and it's bleeding into my career because I am kissing her at school. Like I've lost my faculties completely. I'm proud of myself for that one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm proud of you for that one. That was great. Thank you. (laughs) And um, so he's been questioning the validity and like of the relationship and whether or not it's it's possible to continue because it's more complicated than he initially expected it to be. Lorelai had told him it was going to be complicated, and he's. I think he says that he's like you said from the beginning, like it was going to be tricky he doesn't say tricky i can't imagine him saying tricky but (laughs) something to that effect and that surprises the heck out of lorelei because she was coming at it being apologetic and self-deprecating and giving explanations about why it happened and why she was freaking out and he turns the tables on her and tells her that he thinks that they do need some space to think about what the next steps are and the implications for their She's coming with, with her heart on the line and he's coming with his brain at the forefront. For once, he's not he's not letting his emotions take over. He's thinking he's he's coming coming to the conversation with with his with his brain and with, with the logic. And she's coming here with all her feelings in front of her um, for the first time just, yeah. where he's been the one pursuing open, sentimental, like all of those things where she's been more guarded and now they've done a complete role reversal and she's dumbfounded. She did not expect that outcome because he has been so actively pursuing her and so into her and told her he wants a hundred clowns in a Volkswagen. Like he wants, (laughs) he wants her. And so that's what she knows. And that's what she's expecting from that conversation. Like he wants me. I want him. That was that was a really silly situation, huh? And <laughs> let's put it all behind us. And he tells her that they need space. And it is gutting. So we get Rory coming home and trying to find Lorelai, knowing that she's home somewhere but can't find her. And then she finds her crying in bed after having had just seen Max. And this was so nice and sweet. Like, it's sad. But Rory just like gets into bed and snuggles her. And that's so nice. Oh, absolutely. And especially from the episodes we've had before of them 
ending unresolved and then ending still sort of arguing and trying to reunite. And then all of the shouting and arguing throughout this whole episode, it just feels so genuine and, and the right thing to do. Just comfort mom. Yeah. And it makes me think of just like human nature and the how people are just so innately caring for one another. Like if they're given the opportunity to thrive, obviously that doesn't always work. But like my kids, anytime I seem like a little bit upset or if I'm sick or if I'm, you know, they'll come over and they'll like rub my back or something. My like 18 month old, 19 month old baby will like pat me on the back or my my three-year-old will just be like, it's okay, mama, I'll care for you. Like they're just, people just want to care for one another and that's just human nature. And it's so sweet and nice. And it's so sad that that gets stamped out of some people. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. a whole other conversation. (laughs) But (laughs) Tristan. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it, it just made me think of my my babies. It just was really nice. And I hope they're still like that when they're teenagers. <laughs> well, they can watch this show and find out how to be. Well, season one. Season one, okay. <laughs> no spoilers, but well. <laughs> As the series progresses, you will find Rory to be less relatable. Okay. All I'm seeing. It's All not right. a spoiler. It's just a warning. <laughs> <laughs> good. No, this is good. This is good. I'm going to, okay, I'll do a slight Buffy tangent for a second. I, uh, when I was a kid, related so closely with Willow, who was, Lisa knows me from school. Willow was basically me at school, kind of in a way, just, you know, head in the books and uh, goody two shoes, well behaved, whatever. And I definitely clung to her character far too closely because um, she goes on a journey throughout the series and it's a dangerous thing to do. So I'm, 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 I'm well prepared now to uh, not get too attached to characters I resonate with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, because it's kind of heartbreaking when they start making decisions that you wouldn't. And you're like, mm-hmm. why? No, don't do that. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> why are you doing that? And then yeah, you're like, am yeah. I like that? Am I going to go off and do all these things now? Is that a good idea for me? <laughs> that is what happens, though. That's good. It, it's yep, good, though. It but is. That is, the, that is what, that's great writing, though. That's great character development and evolution and writing of, of a character. Is that like, you, yeah, if, if you resonate with them and you recognize in yourself, then it helps, it helps you and sort of forces you to consider these things within yourself. Maybe like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't want to go down the same path because that's not me. And then you kind of wonder, oh, well, why? What am I like instead? Oh, oh, yeah. Psychology is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah. How television influences our personalities in our formative mm-hmm. years, especially. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, that's us. Mm-hmm. That's us for this week. And thank you for your patience. We will be back on a regular schedule. Right? I think next week we're going to try after this episode. No promises. At this point, we're not out of virus season. Truly, at our house, it's been three straight weeks of a child being home at least one, mostly two days a week, and like everybody being sick. Send healthy, wonderful vibes to me, please. (laughs) They're coming your way. They're coming your way. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's coming. 
As always, thanks so much for joining us this week. She's been Lisa. I've been Jenny. We have been the Belladonna Watch Club. Catch us next week here on YouTube or wherever you stream your podcasts. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for watching. That's it. Bye. Bye.